0: You're listening to Ask the Expert on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is the month of August 2018 and this is your Ask the Expert segment. I'm your host Craig Hemke and joining us this month is Mickey Fulp. Mickey Fulp is known as the mercenary geologist as he has a 35-year track record of experience as an exploration geologist and an analyst. You can find his work at his website, mercenarygeologist.com. If you go there, you can register for his completely free newsletter where he keeps all of the newsletter readers up to date on all of his current thoughts. You can also follow him on Twitter as well. It is a great service that Mickey offers, and it's great to have him visit us for Ask the Expert. So, Mickey, thanks for taking some time this month.
1: Thanks a lot, Craig. Good to talk to you again. Uh, we do other podcasts and other venues, but I welcome the opportunity to uh, talk to some Sprott clients and other interested people.
0: And before we begin, just a reminder, these, these Ask the Expert and weekly wrap-up segments are always brought to you by the good folks at Sprott Money. You're going to find the best deals there for physical, physical bullion. Uh, you can also find great deals for storing bullion. So please keep Sprott Money in mind. Anytime you're looking to add to your stack, uh, you can find us at SprottMoney.com or, of course, call us at 888-861-0775. Mickey, you're right. These are uh, these are always fun segments. We put out your name as the expert a few weeks back, put it on the Internet. We've been collecting questions from Sprott Money customers and, and just regular folks on the Internet. And uh, because you are so wildly popular, boy, I tell you what, I had a lengthy list. I had to work to kind of cull it down and combine questions, and I've i have narrowed it down to seven. So if you are ready, my friend, can I hit you with question number one?
1: You may. Seven is my lucky number.
0: Ah, oh, there you go. Perfect. All right. Well, then question number one, Mickey, uh, and I think you can speak to this uh, certainly based on your experience. A lot of times you see press releases, uh, other information from mining companies that talks about you know new grades and ore bodies that they found. And they always express uh, things in terms of grams per ton. Uh, the first question is, in your mind, what is considered to be a good drilling result for gold or silver when it's expressed as grams per ton?
1: Well, it needs to be put into context as to whether the company... And it's probably not a mining company. It's probably an exploration company to begin with. But what's the goal there? What's the uh, geometric configuration of the deposit? So for an open pitable deposit, uh, you want to see probably a gram per ton over wide thicknesses. Uh, That would attract my attention. Anything over a gram per tonne. For underground mining situation and future mining situation, a rule of thumb would be uh, depending on if it is bulk mineable underground or narrow mining underground uh, from four grams per ton, upwards for a narrow mining situation, uh, six or seven grams per ton.
0: Is that for both gold and silver, Mickey?
1: Oh, that's only for gold. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm not a silver guy, and I think I'll pass on okay. that question of silver, because silver is very complicated because it never occurs by itself. Right. So you'll see silver assays uh, posted when, when uh, what they're really talking about is a lead-zinc ore body or a copper ore body or even a gold ore body uh, uh, that – has a significant amount of grade, or sometimes uh, the most of the grade is in a silver equivalent. So silver is fairly convoluted, and I'll choose to pass on that.
0: Gotcha. All right, then let's move on to question number two. This has to do with rare earths. Uh, You know, the, uh, the Trump administration is doing all kinds of things with tariffs, against China and they're talking about ending the importation of rare earth metals uh, maybe pr- as soon as next year so the question deals with uh, your opinion uh, will the North American rare earth sector come back to life and uh, additionally what do you think specifically of uranium
1: okay first question would be rare earths in North America uh, not from a mining situation uh, certainly they're They are trying, with new ownership, to reopen Mountain Pass. Uh, That's a light rare earth deposit. Uh, Whether it can be competitive, now it does have foreign ownership now, uh, is equivocal at this point. On the heavy rare earth end, uh, which are the elements of real concern, the so-called electric metal portion, battery metal portion of the rare earth sector, uh, we don't have the deposits that can be developed or can be competitive. That said, uh, the idea that we can process uh, mine waste, specifically monazite tails, to produce both light and heavy rare earths is, uh, is a viable uh, option with technology in place but yet to be put into production so um, it's a bit of an equivocal answer but and in in summary the gist of it is that uh, from a mining situation probably not from a processing and technology uh, uh, look uh, possibly at this point Uh, uranium it's coming Uh, It's got a ways to go The price has gone from $18 To over $26 Since if memory serves November of 2016 Uh, But we need $40 uranium Certainly with Trump's initiatives uh, That will lead to once again A viable uranium mining industry So ways off
0: though Got it Got it. Well, that's certainly a good price level to keep an eye on. That's for sure. I appreciate that. Question number three is one that, I mean, I've been doing these Ask the Expert things now for three years, and I haven't had this question before, so that's kind of fun. Um, the, the submitter uh, said he is a prospector. How about that? Up in the Yukon and in British Columbia. And he's I, one, know,
1: I know who he is. Oh, so.
0: well, there you go. There's only just one guy up there, apparently. He's walking around. He's got his pack on. <laughs> um anyway he wants to know which metals you think he should focus on up there
1: i would be focusing on gold uh especially where he's operating uh and my advice to him or the way i would look at it and i have been a prospector and a geologist in the field uh in in careers past significant amount of time prospecting uh, I would encourage them to stay out of British Columbia and focus on the Yukon. Uh, there are many geopolitical reasons not to like uh, the future of British Columbia as a mining venue.
0: Interesting. Do uh, you want to expand on a couple of things you're lo- you're looking at there just for the listeners? Because I'm sure that they, a lot of folks probably have some British Columbia-based mining shares in their portfolio.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I own none. Zero. Uh, Number one, you have a socialistic government, a National Democratic Party, which is basically uh, Western Canada's Socialist Party, and the Green Party, which we're all familiar with, uh, both in the U.S. and Canada. So an anti-development socialistic government, uh, ongoing native land issues that will always rear their ugly heads. Uh, remoteness and infrastructure difficulties especially in the place called the golden triangle Um, so those are three of the reasons that I would tend to stay out of British Columbia at this point
0: yeah I'd say that's it's perspective like that that brings additional value to that that newsletter you have Uh, and again it's free newsletter you just visit mercenarygeologist.com and sign up Um, Mickey, we're almost at the halfway point. We're going to move on to question number four, and we're going to start dealing with some of the the mining shares. This is just kind of a broad question, so I'll just lay the whole thing out there for you. How would you go about building a diversified junior mining portfolio?
1: Number one, you have to have a significant amount of capital to start with, and I would say uh, from my point of view, I would want to start with something on the order of at least $50,000. This should be discretionary income, this is gambling, although we are able to skew the odds in our favor. And I would tend to uh, look to buy initially about 10 companies and put, say, $5,000, 5 to $10,000, let's say, uh, in, those 10 companies. So start with fifty dollars to $100,000, put it into 5 to 10 companies. Uh, my modus operandi is I'm looking for companies that can double in 12 months or less. So you want to buy them when they're low and sell them when they're at their 52-week highs. Uh, there are very few companies on the Toronto Venture Exchange that do not have at least a double in every 52-week uh, running 52-week period. So from that point of view, uh, look for stocks that are unloved, un, uh, unknown, unwanted, and most importantly, undervalued. And buy them then. Uh, sell half when it doubles and go and do it again. you preserved your capital. If you do that uh, four times, you've got four times the value on paper that you did when you started.
0: Brilliantly simple, and uh, if there was ever a time when stocks on the Toronto Venture Exchange were unloved, (laughs) unwanted, (laughs) and underappreciated. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Okay, let's move on uh, to question five, which is a collection of some specific names that people sent in and wanted to get your opinion on. Uh, So I'll just take them one by one. Uh, The first one is something called Coro Mining. you know anything about that one?
1: I do know Coro Mining, a very interesting project in in northern Chile, a copper oxide play that has been compared geologically with Montos Blancos, which is an operating mine in that part of the world. Uh, I uh, took a look at Coro two or three weeks ago, very impressed with the project. Uh, the problem I have with the company is the radical share dilution that they have have undergone, uh, and that looks like punishment for legacy shareholders. Uh, uh, If memory serves something well over 400 million shares outstanding, so it looks to me like it's a rollback waiting to happen, uh, or I would hope it's a rollback waiting to happen with a catalyst. So uh, um, I like the deposit. Uh, the management, who I don't know personally, but they do have strong resumes, but the share structure is an impediment to me.
0: Got it. All right, the next one is something called Nordic Gold Corp. Uh,
1: I'm going to pass on that. Uh, that came across my desk sometime in the last few days, but uh, but I had not, I have not taken a look at it.
0: All right, and then the third one is one I know Eric Sprott. Uh, speaks of quite often, uh, called Garibaldi Resources.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of Garibaldi Resources. Once again, uh, quite a diluted share structure. Um, they had uh, last year. It went exponential and to some degree went parabolic uh, on a couple of really hot drill holes in the Yukon, a nickel play. But uh, from what I can tell, those are redrills of previous uh, intercepts drilled by Silver Standard. Uh, and if memory serves, sometime in the late 60s or early 70s. Uh, the prospect is uh, being promoted on a geophysical target at depth, and uh, is something that I certainly. Uh, would would stay away from
0: fair enough all right then let's move on to question number six and this is kind of a a different sector uh, within mining the question is are there any junior copper or base metal mining companies that have your interest
1: well certainly on the copper end and that would be uh uh, trilogy medals and I am intimately involved with trilogy medals I cover them on my website uh, they are a sponsor of my website and I own uh, a significant position um, so I'm conflicted I have a, a financial bias here I'm talking my own book or however you want to say it but trilogy Metals is an advanced exploration slash development play uh, in Northwest Alaska with arguably the two best giant high-grade undeveloped copper deposits in the world at uh, Bornite and Arctic. Uh, they are progressing very rapidly on these. South 32 has is earning a 50% option. Uh, I would uh, suggest that people take a look at it now. But I will tell you that we picked this stock at 66 cents in May of 2017, and the last time I looked at share price, and these are all U.S. dollars because it's used, it's listed in New York, the main listing. Uh, uh, it was at a dollar 85, so it's had quite a run. Uh, but I think there is still significant amount of upside. And, and what one of the things you're playing here is uh, with South 32 to exercise their option and own 50% of it. And I think the deadline that is January of 2020. Uh, but it looks like it's takeout target to me uh, by South 32, much as they just did with Arizona mining for an all-cash takeover of $1.3 billion.
0: Steve, you have any uh, zinc plays or anything like that, Mickey?
1: Well, I I do ha- uh, did participate in a zinc play called Hannon Metals. I covered that company about a year and a half ago. It has not performed very well because uh, the zinc explorers never really uh, made a lot of inroads with a couple of exceptions. Price of zinc now is drop from a buck 61 to a buck 11. Uh, I continue to hold Hannon metals. I like the company I don't like the valuation. Uh, perhaps it's a buying opportunity at about 18 cents which is less than my cost basis uh, but they do have a significant deposit in Ireland with lots of exploration potential.
0: All right. I think it'd be fun to go over there, do a little due diligence on them, Mickey. We can knock back a couple of Guinnesses and uh, all that kind of stuff. All right, my friend, final question. I would agree agree with that take, for sure. All right, then final question uh, for this month. Um, And and, and this gets kind of to maybe some of the larger uh, senior companies. You know, they many of them reported lousy earnings last quarter. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem like if the price goes up, they make any more money than if the price goes down. And I think a lot of that is due to their input costs. You know, if the, if the price of uh, the metal is rising, then maybe all of their other input costs are rising and their margins never widen out and, and they never get anywhere from an earnings per share standpoint. So, I, I guess to boil that down to a question, how do you discern, uh, or anybody else, if a company can actually profit from wider margins as price increases?
1: Well, number one, uh, that has been the bane of mining companies since the metals markets turned in 2003 to arguably the beginning of 2013. And we had a a pretty deep bear market, came out of it, went back into it. Uh, Mining is not... My modus operandi, I don't like mining companies in fact, I just uh posted a piece last uh, Monday or two days ago, I guess uh why I don't own mining companies and uh mining is a really tough business uh and your point's very well taken As as metals prices rise as oil prices rise uh your input costs uh rise. Uh, at least equally as fast so um, uh, energy is and labor are the largest cost in most mining operations Um, you just got to look at the pre feasibility studies the feasibility studies with your red pen and uh, start picking out fatal flaws I do that commonly Uh, my uh, kind of sweet spot in the industry is the advanced explorers who are working towards those sorts of things. And, and uh, um, I generally look for an exit strategy on those companies that will get me out before they become mining companies.
0: Understood. Yeah. that And that your track record of success speaks for itself, Mickey. And again, want to encourage everybody, you can go to mercenarygeologist.com, sign up for Mickey's totally free newsletter. Uh, I, I get it in my inbox and, uh, I, I was joking with Mickey once and said, you know, most things that are free don't have any value, but his newsletter is invaluable. It's a complete opposite. So uh, I encourage everybody to check it out. Mickey, thank you so much for spending some time here at, uh, Sprout Money Ask the Expert. Uh, I think it's been very valuable for everybody that's listening and, uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon.
1: Well, thanks for the kind words and thanks for the opportunity. Greg, and I look forward to talking to you in the future.
0: And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. Talk to you again next month.